Welcome to this edition of Faith to Live By. I'm Pam Christian, your host for this weekly podcast where I am absolutely dedicated to helping you discover and live in life-giving truth. You know, the lies upon lies we've been subjected to, especially over this COVID-19, has only proven to wake people up all around the world. People such as myself have taken up the gauntlet to do the tough work of researching and digging deep to find the truth and bring answers to the forefront. I've always been one who's been an advocate to help people live in truth. And I will say my work has really been cut out for me since I started this podcast. Last week, I interviewed Karen Kingston, a highly educated woman with a unique skill set that brought her to read and interpret the patents for the contents of the vaccines that have been pushed on humanity, only to uncover exceedingly disturbing facts. If you or someone you love have taken the so-called vaccines, you want to listen to that program and make sure to explore the show notes where I provide a list of medical providers who can help you tend your health post-vaccine. After exploring the so-called vaccines from a medical perspective, today I want to explore the topic from a legal point of view. My guest is Brad Dacus, a constitutional attorney whose firm, the Pacific Justice Institute, is leading the way in forming employers, employees, military personnel, and parents what they can do to successfully maneuver through these difficult times and achieve the outcomes you want. Those who've already taken the jab will also benefit from today's podcast. Very sadly, here in America, we are experiencing medical tyranny with the vaccine mandate. While some Americans are still enjoying their freedom to choose not to get the shot for COVID, many other Americans are facing dire consequences for saying no. They must take the vaccine or lose their jobs. In addition, some in government and military service are also being told that failure to comply with the vaccine mandates will result in loss of their pension, health benefits, and even make them ineligible to receive unemployment. Still others who have taken the vaccine are being denied health care coverage and beneficiaries of those who have died after taking the jab are actually being denied life insurance policy payouts. It's all evil, and we who have placed our faith in Jesus need to raise up and do all we can as God leads us to turn this evil on its head. I'm devoted to helping us unite and be the restraining force against evil to see God's kingdom will done on earth as it is in heaven. And I thank you for listening to this program and getting informed and taking up your place in God's plan. I know there are far more people who listen to this podcast than who contact me, even though every week I ask you to contact me. I want to know if I'm helping you and if there's any other topics you'd like to have me address. So Julie Watson, let me thank you right now for contacting me on LinkedIn. And what Julie wrote was, quote, I'm excited to have found your podcast, refreshingly hopeful in this time of doom and gloom. God bless your work and all the lives you touch. That made me smile big time. Oh, and Kathy Morrison was also among the few who gave me a thumbs up on Facebook. I can't tell you how much it means to me. I spend about 30 hours each week researching, writing, recording, and editing these podcasts with you in mind. And I work at my desk alone in my office. Yes, you're supposed to feel sorry for me. I speak to the microphone, then electronically upload my podcast. And people are listening to it in growing numbers. We have that evidence. I'm glad to know about that. But unless I hear from you, I don't know if I'm wasting my time or if I'm bringing you the benefits I pray I bring. So here's something unique for today's podcast, which will apply to you no matter when you listen, 
Whether you hear this the first day it's posted or a few years later, this still applies to you. If you have been coerced to take the so-called vaccine in order to keep your job, or you took the jab when you truly didn't want to, I want you to listen clear through today's show. Then contact me with just one sentence expressing what you heard that helped you the most and give me one sentence about the specific action you took to gain the outcome you desire. I want to share your responses in future programs to increase the hope so many people need today. By our sharing what we're doing to garner the outcomes we want, we encourage others to take action, and that restores hope for everybody. If you don't want me to use your last name, just tell me. And here's where you can send me an email. It's faithtoliveby at pamelachristianministries.com. If you can't write it down right now, don't worry. It'll be written in the show notes. If you are an employer with 100 employees or more, if you are an employee at a firm that is demanding you take the vaccine, if you are in the military and are being coerced, or if you have a loved one who has taken the so-called vaccine, the next 30 minutes or so will be invaluable to you. First, I will introduce my guest and then share with you my interview with him. Second, I'll follow up with specific resourced information you can take advantage of to help you meet your goals for your health and your constitutional freedoms. And last, on today's podcast, I'll share with you more information I've learned that will help us make sense out of all that we are being pressured with, who is behind the agenda, and why they are imposing upon us worldwide. Hint, this is all about good versus evil. It's a spiritual battle that's being played out in our natural world, and we are part of the battle whether we like it or not. And unless we choose to actively become engaged and fight for the outcomes we want, we will become a casualty of this battle and unnecessarily suffer tremendous loss. Now, to my interview with constitutional attorney Brad Dacus. Brad founded the Pacific Justice Institute in 1997 and has coordinated religious freedom, and parental rights cases for over 24 years. Brad can be heard weekly on the Dacus Report, Saturday mornings on KWVE, and over 711 radio stations around the nation. He also hosts a daily show, Brad Dacus Live, on his channel.com. Here's my interview with Brad Dacus. Brad Dacus, a constitutional attorney, I am so glad to have you on my podcast. I've got a lot of questions from my audience members about our constitutional rights that are being violated all over the place with these mandates. What would you like to say to start us off? Well, I'd like to start off by letting people know that uh, we at Pacific Justice Institute are leading the nation right now in the fight uh, against these outrageous mandatory vaccines with regards to the coronavirus. Uh, Many people don't realize that they do have rights not only constitutional rights, but legislative rights. And that's why we have articulated this information uh, on our website, pji.org, where we give information for employers, on them to know their rights on how to deal with vaccine mandates, rest upon them, and the liability issues. Uh, For employees, uh, how they can exercise their rights under Title VII specifically. And uh, and then also um, people in the military, they're not under Title VII. So we, we talked to, uh, to about how they can follow the guidelines for their particular branch of the military uh, to uh, opt out of the vaccination that's being required. We also talk about college students, what they can do to stay in school and not lose their scholarship necessarily. And then uh, we're also discussing how parents can overcome 
vaccine mandates thrust upon them by their particular state. Right now we're dealing with particularly with California and we have a great resource to empower parents in California to be able to overcome the pending vaccine mandate on all children. It'll be applicable to all children from kindergarten through 12th grade, both public schools, charter and private schools. So this is uh, very important. We have great information. People need to go to the website to get that information. It's the most thorough in the nation addressing these issues and the rights of people to overcome these mandates. Well, your summary is exactly the reason I wanted to have you personally on my podcast. So again, I'm very, very grateful. I know that you are the forerunner on trying to help people avoid these mandates. What caught my eye and the reason I reached out to you was I was sent a video and watching it, I learned what was going on in the state of Washington. In the state of Washington, there were a group of people who had gotten together because they were getting a lot of pushback with the religious exemptions. Employers were trying to qualify their employees and make sure they go to church at least three Sundays out of the month. Then these other things that were beyond the reach of a religious exemption. So they began exploring what they learned was called a non-delegation doctrine. And as I understand it, that's where you cannot delegate authority if you don't have it to issue. So in the case of our so-called president providing the instructions that employers must mandate vaccines, he's delegating authority he does not have. How can you help us understand this? That's uh, recently, it was announced by the president, it's going to be applicable to 100 or, or more employees. I think that's what you're talking about, applicable to the private sector. And uh, those businesses have to have a required mandatory vaccinations. Well, first, uh, it hasn't come out yet. It could come out fairly quickly, fairly soon. Our inside information seems to imply that it is going to come out sooner rather than later. Uh, but second, uh, it's also potentially uh, not valid. And let me explain. Uh, what we're dealing with here is uh, emergency temporary standards. These have been tried 10 times by presidents in the past. Four of the 10 times, they were struck down as and invalidated as unconstitutional beyond the powers of the executive branch. There's a very good chance that that may be the case here. Some attorney generals of a number of states have already filed lawsuits uh, against this as unconstitutional, and there's a very good chance it may be struck down as unconstitutional, partly because you know the pretext is, oh, we need a healthy work environment. Well, wait a minute. Why 100? Why not 50? Why not 25 employees? Why do you why 100 employees? Uh, it's very arbitrary and capricious on its face. Second is the fact that the administration in a tweet basically said in the tweet, you know, this is our end run. This is how we're getting around the limitations of the executive powers by using OSHA to try to get everyone vaccinated. Well, that shows their intent is not really workplace safety. It's just they're just trying to get around their constitutional limitations. And their end run is simply just to get everyone vaccinated. That's beyond the powers of the executive branch. So there's a very good chance, Pamela, that we're going to see these OSHA requirements struck down and invalidated as unconstitutional beyond the powers of the president. If not, we at Pacific Justice Institute on our website have the, all the information for these employers to be able to be empowered on how to protect their employees and empower their employees very easily not to have a vaccine if it violates their personal religious convictions and beliefs and or uh, any health medical exemptions that they wish to claim, i.e. they've already had COVID, they have high antibodies, and uh, it's not in their medical best interest to have a vaccine that's not necessary. 
I would say with the additional awareness that we are receiving about the contents in the vaccines, very questionable contents such as graphene oxide, and there's other ingredients that are actually poisonous to human beings. My consideration is that by the contents of the so-called vaccines being made known, that in and of itself, that is a reason for a health exemption. Uh, that's an interesting argument. Uh, I haven't seen it play out yet, but it's uh, something that people can definitely uh, entertain. It's more problematic from a practical perspective if uh, we're looking at it in a court of law where you're going to have doctors, Dr. Fauci and all these other people uh, alleging that, oh, it's been tested, the vaccine's safe. Uh, well, reality is vaccines do often have chemicals that people can react to individually or are generally harmful. This didn't undergo the, the normal long-term right. you know, vetting. Yeah, it's, it's approved, but it's still an emergency. It's still experimental. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, we know that for a fact, over 16,000 people have died from the vaccine, not from COVID, but from the vaccine. And that is not something I made up or you made up. That's a part of the Federal Vaccine Register, uh, V-A-E-R, where it's uh, clearly laid out. And then we have all the people who've had other complications, serious long-term complications. 800, over 800 teenage boys, for example, have had uh, in, in inflamed hearts. Uh, yeah. This is not a, a momentary, you know, light affliction we're dealing with here. This is something that could very, be very long-lasting, uh, permanently long-lasting uh, implications for, for teenage boys. And we're talking about teenagers that have no material risk of dying, who don't have any underlying conditions to warrant them to have the vaccine. There's all kinds of it's some anecdotal study, studies at this point dealing with potentiality as far as fertility and things like that. You know, we don't even have to go there. The fact is, you know, young people don't need this vaccine. There are a higher likelihood of dying from the flu than the, the vaccine. That's what the studies show. That's what the stats show. Uh, about 50% more likely to die from the flu than from COVID. So right. why are we forcing them to have a COVID vaccine when we don't force them to have a flu vaccine? Right. It's very problematic. I think it's, uh, there's a definite financial interest involved here. And uh, that's why so many doctors are, are so outspoken and why the fact that uh, big tech has suppressed their opposition because truth is clearly on the side of the opposition, in my opinion. I agree with you. And I've been trying to cover this for the sake of my audience so that we can get the helps that we need and not have our freedoms taken from us with all these different mandates. And another thing I read that I wanted to see if you could weigh in on is that because it's emergency use only, these vaccines that are available today are only authorized for emergency use. And we're supposed to have informed consent. And people are not being properly informed about the content, the potential side effects and risks, because largely they're unknown. We don't even know if there's contraindications for people who are taking other drugs. So what I read recently was that there are healthcare providers and there are life insurance companies who are not honoring the policies when a person has taken the vaccine because it's emergency use only. What would you say to that? I haven't researched that issue. Uh, as far as the insurance company is not honoring it, as far as you're dealing with complications because of the vaccine, the insurance company is not covering their, their treatment. Right. That would be, that'd be very problematic. I haven't seen one of those cases yet. I think that they would have a definite case, particularly if the vaccine is as in the state it is now, which is being pushed and 
prodded and even mandatory for people to live normal lives if you live in Los Angeles County and some other places across the country where they're, in essence, requiring vaccine passports. So I, I believe that that would be um, very problematic, and uh, I believe the insurance companies would actually be making a mistake. But I think what people also need to realize is employers, if they require vaccines when it's not required by law, and they on their own are requiring vaccinations, they are assuming a risk for workers' compensation as well as potential other liability. If that employee, in order to keep their job, had the vaccine and then had complications, permanent, maybe even fatal complications, uh, that employer is, has a, a liability there. Many of them are, are requiring it, saying, well, I want to make sure I don't have anyone having a workers' comp claim saying that they got the covid from uh, you know, the office place, so I'm going to have everyone vaccinated. Well, first, this vaccine, quote unquote, is not a vaccine. Right. So it helps the body deal with it, minimize it, but it doesn't prevent it from being spread or shed to other people. So it doesn't really get them off the hook that they think it's going to get them off the hook of someone alleging that they caught the COVID at work. That's number one. Second is the fact that if they decide to do this, and they require everyone to have it, that it's still going to be very, once again, problematic with regards to the, the liability issues that are there. The vaccine is not perfect. It doesn't guarantee you're not going to get the virus. In fact, the Pfizer, oh, get this, after five months, they determined it's only 47% effective for treating the original COVID-19 virus, not even the, the variants, the Delta. Vermont right now just came out. They're more than 90% vaccinated, yet they are, have skyrocketing cases of COVID. So it's not the easy path to take. It's the stupid path to take right. from a potential legal liability perspective for employers to do this. And of course, if they deny religious exemptions, they're also begging for a lawsuit from Pacific Justice Institute. We've already filed a number of lawsuits across the country. We filed a lawsuit on, on behalf of police officers against the Mayor Garcetti and, and the city of Los Angeles. And we're also have filed lawsuits against a Trader Joe's for their outrageous treatment of religious exemption employees. And, um, and we're also with other employers was from Washington State. We've got a case. We've got a class action lawsuit pending back east. So uh, we're going to take these on very aggressively. And employers need to understand if they go beyond what they're required to do, they are assuming tremendous potential liability. And we at Pacific Justice will hold them accountable. The safest thing is to not take the vaccines at all. I mean, there's just, as you said, no long-term studies. It was rolled out much too fast. We don't know enough about these so-called vaccines. They shouldn't even be called vaccines. And yet many people have taken the jab. They've been coerced. They have maybe been ignorant. What would you say to those people? Yeah, if they've already taken the jab, go on and live your life. You know, be careful with regards to symptoms. If uh, several weeks have gone by and you have no symptoms, great. Be grateful for that. Thank the Lord for your health. But also be wise and don't put your head in the sand as what the truth is, especially to the extent to which some people I feel feel compelled to defend the vaccine because they got it. And it's easier for them to defend it and think that they did the right thing than to look at it critically and potentially acknowledge that maybe they didn't do the best thing to get the vaccine. Just because they got it, they shouldn't push others because there's just too many dead people because of the vaccine. I know we're not trying to give any medical advice here, but if I was one who had gotten an early jab, I certainly would not be going for any boosters. Do you have any a personal oh. opinion on that? Yeah. Boosters can be even more problematic. Uh, one study shows that the side effects and ramifications of a booster is actually a greater risk, potential greater harm than the original vaccine. 
So it's not like a little minor booster. It has a major impact on the body. Now, I know people that have had the vaccine and they say, you know what, I'm not going to get the booster. Also, I want to say something else. So people may have underlying conditions, maybe because of their, their weight, because of their age, because of diabetes, et cetera. They need to look at their situation and their doctor and get maybe get multiple opinions, do their research. You know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not pretending to be a doctor, but I am in a constitutional law attorney who, who stands up for freedom and the ability for people with such a controversial vaccine that is not risk-free to be able to weigh the risk and make their decision with regards to their body that God has given them authority over. That is what we're, where we're coming from, uh, Pacific Justice Institute. Also, I want to make sure I mention this too, Pamela. We have Zoom calls, and they can go to our website to watch the latest Zoom that we had just recently with our attorneys going through the issues involving the vaccine mandate and how people can overcome those vaccine mandates legally. We also have other great resources on our webpage, and that's all at pji.org, pji.org. That's for Pacific Justice Institute. And I want to encourage any employer, any employee, uh, any individual who is having issues with these mandates, and it's not something that you want to have to comply with, I encourage you to get a hold of Brad and his team at Pacific Justice Institute. The website's got all kinds of resources and information for you, and I'll have a link in the show notes. Brad, thanks once again. Oh, thank you, Pamela. I appreciate the opportunity. Reading the July 28, 2021 Solari Report is how I learned of insurance companies failing to honor policies. And while Brad said he hadn't heard of this happening, he did say that it would be problematic for the insurance companies to renege. Well, the article provides a form for employees whose employers are requiring COVID-19 injections and also provides reasons and instructions how to use the form. So you'll have the article in the show notes. And here's what I want you to hear is written within the article. Quote, On the grounds that the injections are under emergency use only and are not formally licensed, many health care providers are refusing service to individuals injured by the COVID-19 injections, and health and life insurance companies are declining coverage for vaccine-related injuries and deaths. This denial of care and coverage poses a serious threat to the physical and financial well-being of the employees presented with a requirement to get the COVID injection perhaps even more so than the possibility of losing their job for not being vaccinated. Medical bills for vaccinated individuals with serious injuries have already exceeded $1 million in some cases. Under the PREP Act, the vaccine injured may submit a claim to the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program, CICP, but the CICP historically has rejected 92% of the claims and has not yet compensated a single COVID injection claim. Reviewing this form with employers may open their eyes to the regulations in place and the liability they may face that they may otherwise not be aware of. If an employee should decide to accept the required experimental COVID-19 injection, the form also provides a mechanism to insist on a signature from the employer's representative that holds the company liable. If the employer's representative refuses to sign the form, that may be an indicator of the company's concerns about potential liability and should prompt an immediate discussion about how the employee can continue working for the company without being injected, end quote. You'll find a link to the article in the show notes. So, on the one hand, people are being threatened job loss and benefit loss if they don't take the jab, 
And on the other hand, people are being denied benefits because they did take the jab. At the same time, employers who attempt to follow illegal mandates of Joe Biden are assuming greater liabilities that can bring harm. These are just some of the reasons why I wanted us to explore the legal aspects of these issues. A couple of weeks ago, I shared a portion of an article that is worth being repeated today, especially for employers. Gary Bauer of American Values posted, quote, It's been several weeks since Biden announced his vaccine mandate, but guess what? He never issued any such order. What Biden did was announce that there would be an order requiring companies with 100 employees or more to mandate the vaccine and that it would be enforced through OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. So companies have been scrambling to enforce an order that was never actually issued and may still be weeks away or possibly never issued. In addition, the legal justification for OSHA's enforcement of a vaccine mandate is extremely weak, end quote. You can read the full article from the link in the show notes. Another article very helpful in all of this is from Intercessors for America, an outstanding organization I highly recommend every Christian join and support as you can. The article states, quote, Vaccination mandates are not new. In the past, they were imposed for viruses that were much more virulent than COVID-19. Smallpox killed 30%. Polio killed 30%. COVID-19 mortality rate is 1%. Yet, we are seeing a global move of governments using fear to greatly increase their control, greatly decrease our freedoms, including religious freedoms, and set the stage for any medical mandate they deem necessary. Religious exemptions were originally a part of President Biden's mandate, but now are greatly scrutinized or eliminated because the alleged threat unvaccinated people cause. The science does not support this. In fact, Natural Science News reported that the vaccinated in the UK represent 80% of the hospitalizations. So what should people of faith do about this? The article continues. Number one, we must remember that perfect love casts out fear, 1 John 4, 8. The media is attempting to keep everyone on edge through fear because it drives ratings. Some in government are utilizing fear to convince people to give up our freedoms. But people of faith must respond to fear with faith. We need to be close to our Savior during this time and trust that He has our lives in His hands. Not one day of our lives can be stolen from us. Number two, God's plan for good government includes freedom for people. We must question every attempt of government to control more of our lives. Over the past year, we have been told our lockdown would be 30 days, masks were not needed, masks will be needed until there is a vaccine, all things will return to normal once there is a vaccine, there will not be a vaccine mandate, the vaccine mandate will allow religious exemptions, etc. Woe to those who make unjust laws, to those who issue oppressive decrees, Isaiah 10.1. Oppressive leaders and oppressive laws are not always recognized until it's too late. Just ask German believers who lived during Nazi control. And number three, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Matthew 5.13 It is time for the church to rise up and be the preserver of society like Jesus calls us to in Scripture. End quote. Brad also mentioned VAERS, Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, which the government manages. VAERS has been estimated to account for only 1%, according to the Lazarus Report, of vaccine injuries. So we need to increase any numbers that report accordingly to come close to the truth. 
OpenVares is an organization that provides data built from the VAERS government website so the average person can know the facts without having to do advanced research. Using the VAERS data, OpenVares revealed through October 15, 2021, a total of 1,648,911 reports of vaccine adverse events of which 818,042 were specific to the COVID vaccine. COVID adverse events comprise 49% of all vaccine adverse effects. And they reported 17,128 COVID vaccine reported deaths, with a total of 26,182 vaccine-related deaths. This means COVID vaccine deaths comprise 65% of all vaccine-related deaths. Add to this, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the list of illnesses for which vaccines are given, not including COVID, reveals a total of 26 different illnesses. And for each of these listed illnesses, there is a list of specific vaccines available, some having as many as seven listed under the specific disease. COVID is one illness for which there are three different so-called vaccines. Are you getting the picture here? COVID is just one disease in addition to the 26 listed, and yet 49% of adverse vaccine reactions and 65% of vaccine deaths are due to COVID vaccines. Even though the CDC's website boldly claims the COVID vaccines are safe and effective, the data proves otherwise. The Epoch Times ran an exceptional article where healthcare workers spoke out against the COVID vaccines with testimony and factual data in support of each of the points addressed. The article addressed that it's impossible to give fully informed consent. The article stated how the data speaks for itself, how the side effects are real, how healthcare workers have natural immunity, how contrary to mainstream media, none of us are seeing surges, and why freedom is the most important. The link to the article will be in the show notes. Statistics reveal between 12,000 and 60,000 people annually die from the common flu. So why are we being mandated to take the COVID vaccine in order to keep our jobs, travel, eat in restaurants, and more, when there has never been any similar mandate for the common flu? We know the answer to the question. There is a self-appointed group of elites who have been working a plan for nearly 90 years to establish a one-world order and the threats to prevent the advancement of their agenda are the Christian values and morality and American rights and freedoms. The very reason we have experienced all we have is their attempt to get rid of the segment of the population that opposes them, and I share the view of many people that the jab has been a genocidal effort and an experiment to further their efforts to create transhumans, a hybrid being part human and part artificial intelligence. These people don't believe in God and believe they can position themselves to act as God. But this is nothing new. Lucifer, a very high-ranking heavenly angel of old, sought to dethrone God and take his place. And we know what happened to him. We are still fighting the same enemy of God, and I'm confident because we still seek God and worship him, the enemy will lose this battle too. We are seeing more and more of those in the enemy's camp turning on one another. We are seeing more and more truth revealed. We are experiencing people waking up to truth and realizing this battle of good 
versus evil, and people are running in droves to the arms of our Creator, Father God. We are seeing vast numbers of people on the East Coast embracing Jesus as the great worldwide harvest of souls is underway. Movements have already begun around the world. There has been a surge of conferences focusing on health and freedom. Films and documentaries are being produced. Christians and patriots are uniting, joining together as God's truth is marching on. Unless something pressing occurs, next week I'll introduce you to two Christian award-winning filmmakers who are soon to launch their docuseries called The Reawakening, Joy and Matt Thayer. As I've shared before, it's vital we partner with God for His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I encourage you to use your gifts and talents in a way that will help others discover and live in life-giving truth. Be among those of us who are partnering with God, expecting to see Him display His power like never before on behalf of His people. Our God is faithful and He will not be mocked. If you've liked what you've heard today, I ask you to show your support in whatever way you can. I offer my books and other products from my web store, which you can get through faithtoliveby.com. Be sure to use the promo code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and receive a 20% discount on up to two products. And if you haven't already, make a point of getting my Make America Godly Again bumper stickers. It's a great way to display your faith and encourage others. And also, please, consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter, which will make you a preferred member where you will receive special announcements and offers not available to others. And with so much going on every day, let's also connect on social media. My connections there are in the show notes. Be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items listed on Charisma Podcast Network and on my website, faithtoliveby.com. On that landing page, there's a link and more information about my sponsors and partners. Again, if you've been blessed by my ministry, purchasing the goods and services I bring you is how you can support me and you'll be getting something tangible that can bless you further. And depending on where you listen to my podcast, if you've enjoyed today's episode, Please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people, and that means we are partnering together in sharing the gospel. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember... Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.